This is episode 22 of the Creative Strings podcast. Today, our special guest is cellist, producer, composer, and veteran street musician, Brian Wilson. Hello, and welcome to the Creative Strings podcast. I'm Christian Howes, violinist, educator, and music business entrepreneur. I hope these interviews will inspire you to be creative in your life, in your art, in your business, in every way. So without further ado, let's get to it. Today's guest, Brian Wilson, is um, a really interesting guy. Um, I just met him, but he he reached out to me and he shared the new album um, that he's releasing and uh, just some of the stories and the way that he reached out, it just really struck me. Struck me, and I was like, I got to get this guy on. He's really multi-dimensional. Um, this guy is somebody definitely goes after my heart. I mean, just his stick-to-itiveness, his his um, the way that he's taken action with everything he's done with his career. You're going to hear some of this, the music that he's composed for cello um, and a lot of breadth in the type of music that he's creating on the cello, really original music, but also to hear his stories about the creative ways that he's found to sustain himself are just awesome. And specifically, he's going to get real about his experience playing in the subways in New York City for, for many years. Some of the things he shared about those experiences were just totally fascinating with me. So you're definitely going to want to check out this episode with Ryan Wilson. I want to thank our sponsors, Electric Violin Shop. If you go to electricviolinshop.com forward slash creative strings, you can get a special discount and you can also find their phone number, which is the thing that I always tell everybody about the Electric Violin Shop. Uh, because their phone support is really amazing. People are always asking me questions about pickups, preamps, electric violins, amplifiers, PA systems, effects, loopers. Electric Violin Shop, their support staff will answer any question. They'll talk to you as long as you want, and they'll give you really, really nerdy, tech-savvy, and on-point answers about everything. And that's really what separates them, in my opinion. It's their expertise and their willingness to provide that kind of service. So check them out. I also want to thank our sponsors, Yamaha. Yamaha Strings has been unparalleled in their uh, commitment to support education and in terms of the amount of energy I would say they've put in over the last 20 years into developing great and increasingly high-quality offerings uh, for string players of all kinds, make sure to check out yamahastrings.com. Get on their email list. And uh, without further ado, let's get into this uh, episode with Brian Wilson.
so much for being with me today on the Creative Strengths Podcast. It's awesome to meet you. Uh, I'm looking forward to learning about your new album, solo album, which I've already listened to and I love it. And also oh, your book, you. Cello Chords, your music business escapades and adventures, and your thoughts in general, man. You're you're blazing a lot of cool ground. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm very happy to be here because uh, – I just, like I told you earlier, I really respect the work you do because, I mean, growing up kind of in the classical world, like, you know, it always kind of felt very restrictive to me, very kind of uptight and, and a little bit not, not as much creativity as I want. And I feel like you're, you and other people, um, you know, like Mike Block and, you know, have like at least elevated to the point where it's like oh there's other options you know i have these other things that i can do there's other people that do stuff like me you know that think outside the very rigid box so i respect it man thank you yeah thank you we'll back at you um so t today i'm hoping we can talk about uh, your new solo album which i love like i said um and the music business stuff you've been doing, which is really, really cool. I mean, all the experiences you've had underground in New York with the, you know, and tons of gigging experience. Also, um, what you're doing with uh, education and publishing. I mean, you've got a book out called Cello Chords. Why don't we start with your album? I actually, I, I'm really looking forward to letting people check out the music. Can, can we talk about a few of the tunes? And I want to play some, like some really, uh, sizable excerpts of the music. So, what what yeah. tune could, what tune would you tell me about? From, not just from a listener standpoint, but from a cello's player's standpoint on the album that you like to talk about first. Uh, I would. I'm just looking at the list of tracks right here. I, I'd say uh, a good one to start with that kind of captures one part of the album. Because uh, let me just give you a quick overview. The album essentially has like half the pieces are solo cello pieces that I wrote and the other half are cello with electronics and beats and synthesizers. They almost kind of have like a hip hop feel to them. So the first one that I'll, I guess I'll touch on is, uh, is ice nine, which is, I, I wrote that a couple, many years back now, I guess it's, uh, it's cello with, with, uh, with beats and a synth synths and all that kind of stuff kind of has a hip hop feel to it. So yeah, if you guys want to take a listen, here it is.
yeah, essentially Ice Nine, I don't know. It was something that I created back when I was, <laughs> I was an intern at a uh, music production house where they did music for, uh, for commercials and stuff. And essentially meaning I got paid nothing and I sat there and did nothing learned nothing so was, <laughs> yeah so after months of doing it i was like why the hell am i still here what, what what am i doing i'm just wasting my time but anyway i had i had plenty of time to at least mess around and play music i mean you know try to compose in the little back room that they sanctioned me to <laughs> um while i did nothing besides like get a bagel once a day for, for them they didn't even get lunch money all right i'm not bitter i'm keeping it real <laughs> anyway so i was back there and i figured you know one thing that i want to try to do one thing i've struggled with is trying to get better at production music production because i like i like slick production you know, I grew up listening to more like hip hop kind of stuff and, you know, it's some electronic kind of stuff. I, I like I like having solid stuff like that. But that being said, I hate mixing. I'm not a fan of it. I, I don't <laughs> like to do it. I don't get the mindset behind liking microphones. It's not for me. It's just like I want to be on the other side of the table. But, you know, anyway, the idea was like I was trying to get better at at, at mixing production. There's a lot of like panning and stuff that's going on. There's a lot of like manipulating white noise, making it sound, you know, kind of the, the form of the song in most of these songs are kind of like pop songs, you know, they're verse, chorus, verse, bridge, chorus, you know, they're simple. And I kind of wanted to do that just with, instead of a, you know, someone singing, have the cello as the, as the main vocal line. So I went about, you know, I came up with the the chorus or whatever, and, you know, I just kind of built it up from there, tried to create the verses and and make it varied enough and bring in the different synths and and so forth. Yeah, I, lo I love that. Well, a couple things. I mean, one thing is that to write those kind of vocal melodies that that are uh, cool enough to listen to on an instrument without words, I think is a real art. I have a lot of respect for that. I mean, sometimes I'd tell me if you agree, but I think that sometimes if you just take a pop song that's like a real hit, it may not have much of a melody, actually. Trying oh, to trans, you know, like trying to copy yeah. like a, a vocal. Like I remember trying to do that with like Led Zeppelin with like Robert Plant, you know, <laughs> and realizing yeah, like, like, wait, there's no melody here. It's, yeah, it's just, he's singing the same note like over. It's like exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah a true like a melody that you can sing that without the words like. That's, you know, in the Beatles had like stuff like that. And, you know, it's, it's, that that's really kind of what I was looking for. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I've always been good at at melody, like melody's kind of been my like what I found to be the easiest. What I've always struggled with was like form was like, I don't know what, what to put after this. I had a cool idea. but like <laughs> What comes after this? I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's like and when you're working like in. And like a lot, you know, I work in Logic on, on the computer, Logic Pro 10, whatever. It's like everything fits into like four bar groups and you can make it square. You can like it's just I always found form to be difficult, especially when you get out of like the Logic world and you just are writing like some of the other pieces like I have where it's like, 
you know, anything can follow anything. It's like, there's no, I don't have to follow a sonata form, you know, it's like, but just trying to make it cohesive, you know, trying to make it something that's like, oh, there's the theme again. Okay. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And well, the other thing, and and I love, and that was one of the things that struck me and why your album, when I listened to it last night, really resonated for me was because of the writing and the melodies particularly and how they they were just so you know it was just very listenable and enjoyable uh, as well as you know the production and all that stuff too but but that was one thing that stood out but also then there's the actually performing it on the cello or the violin in a way that doesn't sound interrupted or it doesn't sound out of place because if you're if you're playing uh you know elgar you played it a different way, uh, you know, yeah. than if you than if you really try to represent that smooth like vocal line. I mean, do you agree with that, or how? What would you say about that? I, mean, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know if I do that intentionally. Like, I I definitely don't play with a ton of vibrato, like, but I don't shy away from vibrato. Like, I know like jazz guys are like, yo, I don't play with vibrato. Like, that's not <laughs> that's that's not my thing. That's not. I'm not a cool cat like that. You're not that, afraid you know? of a vibrato. You're not censoring vibrato, right? But yeah, you, you're like. Right. I like I like a little vibrato, which I think is cool, but I don't I am not a fan of like the 19th century, like where it's like, you know, you're jumping through like a this vibrato that's like huge. Um, so I tend to have just a little bit. I think that kind of gives it a little bit of more of like a toned down effect. But I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if I go out of my way to make it sound a certain way. Uh, but I, I mean, over the years, I've definitely tried to really like hone in on the sound that I want in terms of like, you know, when I first started recording cello, I didn't know. I mean, I still don't know what a compressor is, you know, stuff <laughs> like that. I don't know what that means. You know, I didn't know how to use an EQ, but slowly over the years, like I've I've tried to I've used these tools to try to at least get a sound that I'm like, oh, okay, this is this is what I want. And trying to get that vocal line to sit more in the front of the mix and, you know, rather than, you know, you add some reverb on it and all of a sudden it's like you can't hear it. It's so washed out and you got the synthesizers a million times louder than this. So it's it's it's, it's a trial and error game after a long time. Well, what I, one of the things I noticed is actually the – the way that you use the bow to create a uh, an uninterrupted line, you know, so it's not just about the vibrato in the left hand, but to me, I think there's a real art to moving the bow without hearing the bow change and to really serve the phrase. And in terms of these lyrical phrases that you're playing that might run over four bars, um, you know, there's there's a sense in when I hear it in which it sounds really continuous, elegant, and like you would want to hear a good vocal line. So, right. and I feel like, and whether or not you were conscious of it, that was something that I noticed and appreciated about the way you in, you interpreted those lines on the instrument. So oh, awesome. uh, that's cool, man. Um, well, okay, so so give us another tune on the. How about one from the other side of the spectrum okay. of the album? So for the other side, like like a piece like Roz. So take a take a quick listen to Roz. Thank you. 
that piece is something I wrote for. A lot of these pieces are are named after people. Uh, that's a piece I wrote for my grandma. She this was for her 95th birthday. She's now 96. One of the funniest people I've ever met. She's like a small old Jewish lady that's just like she doesn't take any crap from anybody. She's still calling up the insurance company and like hounding her, hounding them for her money. Hilarious. So I, I have a deep love for her. And this was for her 95th birthday. So the idea behind this one was, you know, one, I'm trying to make something palatable for my grandma. You know, I want her to like it. So I, I know I know kind of in the general style of what she's going to like. She likes classical music. She she really loved when I was growing up. She loved that piece. Burcuse. It was in one of the Suzuki books. I forget who wrote it. It's like a French but, French word or something. Yeah, it's just like this really simple, <laughs> right. this really simple piece that I, you know, even when I could play stuff way harder, she was like, "Yeah, j- just play Burcuse, Brian. Just yeah, <laughs> just just play Burcuse. Let's hear that one." And it's like it's a very simple song. It's in the key of G major, and I, I mean, essentially, what I was trying to do was try to just steal, not steal it, but in the style of that, you know? So it was funny, man, that song, I've never had an easier time writing a song than that. Like it just kind of came like it was so, I was like, Oh, and then this line will come. And then I was just, cause when I'm writing those kinds of songs on the, ch- those I'll actually write on the cello. Like I'll, I'll sit there and write, be like, uh, and maybe next, this next thing can come. All right. Or, you know, just try to improvise until I find my way into what it should be like a songwriter, Sometimes, like a singer songwriter would write a song kind of. Yeah. Essentially like the, some of the other songs, like if I'm working with beats and stuff, it might be like, I found a cool synth and then I laid some cello on top of it and then another synth line and then that kind of thing. But this is, I'm sitting down at the cello. So for that one, yeah, I really just, I don't know. It just kind of flowed out of me. Oh, that sounds so pretentious. But uh, no, but, but well, actually, I want to stay with what you were just saying. So, I mean, if I if I understood you correctly, you're saying that sometimes you might sit down with a uh, a synthesizer and lay down a chord progression or just get yeah. a sound in your head from the synth, or maybe lay down a beat and then everything yeah. will fall from that. But it but it, also with these this other side of the album, you're saying you actually sit down with the cello yeah. and you just find ideas, you improvise, you get a vibe, and, and then you build it on the cello. I love the fact that you use different ways to get at, you know, finding finding songs or pieces. They definitely produce different things for sure. Because like I was saying before, like the logic when I'm working on the computer, it's made for everything to be square. Everything is gonna be it doesn't have to be eight measures, but like it's easy for it to be eight measures. It's easy to loop something. It's easy to do that kind of stuff. So generally that stuff will sound more like that as opposed to, you know, if I'm writing something, generally I don't think in like four bar phrases or something like that. So it might be a measure of five or something like that. So it's a little bit different and and I definitely find that it makes the end composition sound different, which is nice because it, it's so easy to get stuck in a rut, like just doing the same thing over. I mean, half the songs on this album are the same song, just just you just kind of different. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's, are, it's, are, it's easy to get into the trap of just doing you do the same thing over. You, you start like, OK, I always start with the cello and then I add drums and then I add a synth. Yeah. And then I. it's like you got to got to break it up or else it just becomes monotonous to try to create. 
cool. Yeah. Now, just quick question. Can some of the solo cello pieces on this album, do you have uh, sheet music for those if, if cellists wanted to get a hold of them? Yeah, that's actually something that I'm I'm really trying to do for this album is I'm going to release the sheet music. And in addition to that, I'm going to release the backing tracks because uh, I, I don't know. I just I'd like to see young cellists like just be kind of hopefully inspire them to not not only play my stuff, but like be like, oh, this is a possibility. Like, all right, maybe I could try something like this. Maybe I can try to write my own song, you know. I love this. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna release backing tracks. People can get the 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 sheet music and play to the backing tracks. They can yeah. also kind of they get the idea that they could do this because a lot of kids, probably better than us, you know, can just like figure out Logic and all these applications and figure out oh, how yeah. to write music with in on a laptop. Just create a beat, you know, put a chord progression on it. There's all kinds of samples. Drop, drag and drop composition, right? I mean, and and then they could write a melody, which they probably have the yeah. tools to do from their classical training and from the music they listen to, just like you. Yeah. That's brilliant, man. So, okay, so I'm just going to take a wild stab and say go to Brian Wilson cello.com and somehow connect with you and they're going to be able to figure out how to get some sheet music yeah there'll be a there'll be a tab for sheet music and you just click there and i'll have it all set up you know on the the album release killer um for sure yeah i'm excited about that hopefully hopefully people will find it interesting because i mean i could segue like into like writing the book like you know i wrote i wrote the book cello chords for people and um you know I, I sell it across the world and people have like found it interesting, which surprises me. Cause I'm like, I look back and I'm like, oh, this is cool. But then it's, I'm also like, man, this is the most boring book ever. Like <laughs> who, who would buy this? What idiot is buying this? How am I tricking people into buying this? <laughs> how, how much is the Chell Courts book? Uh, it's twelve ninety five. That's a good deal, man. That's, yeah, I think it's, it's great, really, man. It's, well, yeah, I mean, I've, it, I, it's like a resource. I, I think because I have, you know, the uh, scale book and a uh, arpeggio book for, uh, you know, jazz arpeggios for violin, viola, cello and, yeah. and, and the scales. And it's I kind of see it as like a resource. It's like you buy an encyclopedia, not to necessarily read it all the way through, but just to like, I want to find exactly. this. You know what I mean? So That's I'm, exactly I'm, what I intended it for. It's like a dictionary almost like. You're like, you know what? I'm sick of playing D major the same way that it's like, let me just take a look at the. And honestly, I'll sometimes because I don't look at the book, but sometimes I'll go back to it and I'll be like, oh, that's actually I haven't thought about that in years. Like, that's actually kind of a different way, something I wouldn't normally go to. And it might just there. That was the OK. It's not worthless. I'm just negative. <laughs> yeah, I just. So, yeah, it, it kind of the idea was like hopefully it can spark like an idea for you and be like, oh, maybe I can take the piece in this direction. Just, you know just making some neurons and synapses like fire a different way. It's beautiful. Tell us yeah. maybe about, tell us about maybe one, one other piece on the, on the album that just you want to tell us about. Okay. Let me see here. I like the piece oceans. Uh, I did. That's like the closing out. There is a bonus track, which I won't ruin it. If you guys buy it, it's a rap song. It's hilarious. I just wanted to include a rap. I wrote a rap for my wife. And it was just like, it was a joke, but I just thought it'd be hilarious to just include this rap song on the, on the album, just out of nowhere, just cause I don't take music that seriously. Like some people like are so precious about, it's like, I don't know. You gotta have a sense of humor about this thing, man. 
anyway, a- anyway, Oceans is uh, it's a song I wrote uh, many years ago, and it kind of like all happened real quick. It's it's kind of a loop based song, although I don't use a loop pedal or whatever. I just do it, you know, on the on, in Logic. It w- I wrote it right before we had a hurricane here, Hurricane Irene. So that was even before Sandy. So it was like kind of stormy out and. I don't know. I just kind of laid down this. I was in the key of A flat minor, which, you know, not not the funnest key. Like, it's it's difficult. But I was just kind of doing some plucking slash strumming stuff. And then I threw on a delay, which is kind of my either go to either delay or reverb. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of like distortion on cello or like, you know, other. I don't know. It just for me kind of sounds like a shitty guitar. (laughs) <laughs> or sorry, I don't know if I can curse. Sorry, that's okay. Uh, I don't know. Just so I like the way reverb and delay sound because it's still maintaining the natural sound of the instrument. It's just messing with the time. So I threw on these kind of delays, and I was like, "Oh, you know, it's 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 they're heavy delays, like really big." So I kind of kept on layering tracks on top of tracks, like it's a big, almost like cello choir kind of thing. And then you know, uh, so I had a bunch of interlocking kind of uh plucking parts and then i did like you know five or six different layers of of legato cello stuff and then somehow you know i always get to the do the first phrase and i'm like oh this is cool this is cool and when and then it's like where where do i go from here man it's like you're a hack it's like well, you're, just a hack. you're not coming with anything good so i i you know i came up with this kind of using the same material and just a little bit tweaking it to hear your perspective and your kind of your attitude coming through the way you talk about your own music because i get the sense that as you said you're you're not precious about it 
Uh, I'm curious, do you do you still enjoy classical music? Um, yeah, I, I, I like playing it. I just don't enjoy the environment in which it exists. That's what I always felt like the problem with it was like the music is cool. Like I, I don't consider myself like a jazz guy. Like I, I always connected more with classical music than I would jazz. Like jazz, like it just never touched my soul. Like it didn't, it didn't bring anything out inside where I was like, Oh, I really feel touched by this. But at least like some classical music, at least, you know, especially growing up playing, I was like, Oh, I really, I feel this. Like I feel it inside of me, but I hated the environment it existed. And it just like, it just felt like everything, all the creativity was being stifled. You have to do it exactly like people say you should do it. And I always just felt like, nah, dog, I don't want to do it like that. It's like, I want to do it the way I want to do it. Like, and don't tell me, like, I have to play this piece. I'll write my own piece. Like, I don't know. I just, again, it's not the music. And I don't think it's it's about, like, how the how it's evolved into this, like, cultural institution and I just don't think that's in, even in the spirit of the music because I don't think Mozart and Bach and all those guys were like that. Like they seemed like they were enjoying it. You know, it's like it was a it was a thing of improvisation and spirit and and exploration and all those kinds of things. And all those things have kind of just been lost over the years. Yeah, that's negative, but I'm keeping it real. <laughs> and 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 so. I mean, yeah. And I, I mean, I guess, you know, people might, somebody might push back and say, well, that's, you know, I'm a classical musician. I'm not, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not, I don't experience it that way. So where have you experienced it that way? Or what you can give more specifics about where you feel this, oh, this I environment mean, is, you, you really feel it's everywhere or you feel like, I mean, I don't know if it's everywhere. Do you think but, it, do you think it's something that after conservatory sort of manifests itself like once you have a real gig <laughs> or or do you feel like it's like it starts earlier than that or or yeah Oh dude way earlier than that I mean I, I remember going to I went to Manus pre college like that's when I was really like getting serious like okay I really want to try to get as good as I can and just just going to the to the college itself it just has this very you know, you know, you know what I mean? The classical music has a very uptight feel to it. The people that exist and like, you know, it should be one way. It's, it's this high art music. Everything else is unimportant. Like I didn't enjoy playing in an orchestra that wasn't like, I didn't get it. Like it wasn't for me. So like, that was like torture. And I just want, I wanted to just, I mean, I'm the, a bad orchestral player. I'm just like listening to the guy next to me and just like, oh, he started playing. OK, I'm going to start playing. I'll count the rest. <laughs> Don't do that, kids. I'm sorry. That's the secret. So. Um, well, no, I mean, and that's and that's valid, man. It's I think it's important. I mean, from my side, it's important to see that for cello players or string players or classical musicians that they can do so much more. And I've been trying to use this, you know, yes and, you know. <laughs> Lately, you yeah. know, saying sort of saying, you know, like yes to classical music. World. Yeah, you know, I mean, yes to classical music, yes to jazz, yes to pop, yes to everything, you know. And I and I yeah. love, I love that about what you're bringing to the instrument because you play the instrument, you're a for real musician, and you you know, and you're you're doing other kinds of music and you're creating a lot of music. Um, and I think that's you know that's been one of the challenges for me uh, over the last twenty five years is what kind of attitude how can I be, how can I not be negative about stuff that makes me negative? Cause if, if I had this, 
Oh, that's my entire life. <laughs> I mean, because <laughs> I talk to my wife. Because, <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely there were times when I was in the professional orchestra when I thought, wow, everybody just feels like they're clocking in. There's no passion here. Yeah. There, There's also times that I see in conservatory environments where there's just a lot of competitiveness. And yeah, you know, and I always people, hated that. Yeah. So those things Music to me is not a sport. It's not like it's not like basketball or something, you know, or, 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 or running. I got to finish first. I got, it's like, that to me is not, I mean, maybe that's cause I'm not the best musician, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm good, but I know I'm never going to be like the best of the best. And there's something to be said for that though. It's cause it's like, you kind of have to open yourself up to, to try and to suck at certain things. You know, it's like, rather than the, the idea, the mindset of classical music, sometimes like if people are scared to like, you, you become so good at this one thing. People are scared to branch out and be like, try improvising, try writing something. Yeah. And at the beginning, you're not going to be good, but like, like at least you're, you're trying, like you're trying to be creative and you don't feel stuck, you know, but maybe some people don't have that. I don't know. I just have always felt like that. Well, that's one of the reasons I love your music. It's, I, I would argue it may have something to do with I'm guessing it might have to do with why you're so prolific. I mean, writing books, doing all kinds of gigs, you know, put, I mean, making, you know, writing songs, producing albums, you've got that confidence to try and it's tempered by this humility and this recognition that everything you do isn't going to succeed perfectly, but there's, there's value in trying and just seeing what comes of it. And there's, you know, and I love that, man, I, that, that resonated with me immediately. to talk about the gigging side and the and yeah in the, the business side because you've got another band you're part of and you've yes. got a ton of crazy gigs just tell me about some of that oh, stuff man. 
So um, the other band I've been part of for the past, oh, man, almost six years now. Where, where did my life go? Um, is You Bred Raptors. We're a uh, post-rock, whatever the hell that means. It's <laughs> it, it does, there, There's no good category to describe it. It's good music. It's eight-string electric bass, me on cello, and drums. And the kind of staple of our, our band, it's all instrumental, by the way. There's no... There's no lyrics, no singing. Um, so we're part of the Music Under New York program in in New York where we have a permit to play in the subway. So you call in, you get a schedule for where you want to play, you have your permit to play. Uh, so I've played in the subway for the past six years, like, and it's it's been a real trip. Like, you know, it's... I've kind of fallen out of love with the subway as much recently, but like back in the day, I felt like it was better, not only money wise, but more people were just like stopping and just like, it, it was cool to see so many different types of people engaged in, in this type of music. Like you're just, I mean, the music itself is, is interesting and it's cool and it's different and we're wearing masks when we're playing. So it catches people's attention, that kind of thing. But it was so cool to see like a little old Chinese lady right next to like, you know, a little kid from Ghana or something like they're, they're both like enjoying it. And all of this different types of people are really getting it. And somehow through this weird music, you're reaching someone on like some sort of, I don't know, human frequency. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but that being said, like playing in the subway is no joke. Like you got to bring all your gear. Like I got the cello on my back. I got when I go downstairs, I got to hold this huge Pelican case with my, you know, amp and stand and, you know, seat and all that stuff. You got to carry that down the stairs. It's brutally hot in the summer. It's cold as hell in the winter. You know, you're going to deal with people that are um, crazy, like absolutely mentally ill, like deal with people we've had we've been robbed before like whoa it's yeah i mean that's rare and this guy was super drunk when he tried to rob us but like it's not i used to play with my eyes closed because that's how i always just would play music you know I, I that's how i connect with music is i close my eyes and i play and i learned over the years like you kind of can't do that you can't do that in the subway because it's it's interesting because it's like you have to be aware of your surroundings something that You've never, I've never really had to do playing music before. Like I didn't have to worry, like there could be a guy that's sneaking up on me right now and like, you know, could be insane and like about to like, you know, whatever, do, do something or get too close where I'm uncomfortable or someone looking to steal money or I'm, I'm painting it in a bad light. Mostly it's good, <laughs> but like, this is again, my problem. I'm painting it in a bad light, but it, you do have to kind of, you have to be aware that being said, though, I, I've I've have enjoyed it over these past years because, like I was saying, like you're hitting all these different types of people, you're connecting with them, and it's you get big audiences. We you would we would get crowds that were large, like often way more, way bigger than what you can draw to a venue, you know. And, and we're in New York, so it's like getting people to come out to a show is like pulling teeth, man. Like because there's a million things they could be doing. Oh, I'll catch your next one, man. I'll catch your whatever. So it's like, 
building a following is is really really difficult but you know in the subway there's the people there they're already there they're they're either going to stay or they're going to leave you know love that um do you do you ever get any opportunities that arise from playing the subway i mean oh man tons of stuff like we've we've gotten we played at the museum of modern art for uh for yoko ono for her like opening i don't know if she was there but it was for her opening at at sure at uh, MoMA and you know, that was through the subway. We've, wow. uh, since we were on the subway website, the, uh, MTA website, people from adult swim found us. They were looking for weird subway bands. So we ended up playing comic con. We were on, we were on TV. We we're on good day, New York, uh, because they did a, you know, many people have tried to do documentaries about subway musicians, but one was actually decent. So we were on there kind of talking about that and we got to perform. So, a lot of a lot of good things have come out of the subway. I don't want to seem like I'm hating on it, and I, 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 for the most part, I do enjoy playing in the subway. But it's it's a grind, man. It's it's a commitment. It's like you're not going to make if you're if you're in a band with multiple people. Yeah, we make some money, but it's like it's not going to be great money. It used to be better too. It used to be better. Really? Yeah. I don't know what happened. I think it might be the fact that we used to have two CDs. And we would sell two for 15. So that would kind of entice people to at least, you know, a little bit of an upsell. CDs are, are down in sales across the board, though. I can't believe that anyone still buys any of our CDs. I, I, it really astonishes me. But people still do because I think they want a some sort of physical thing. Because what is a download? You know, it's like or you know, it's doesn't there's nothing to it anymore, you know? Have you ever have you ever tried selling download cards in, instead or that that's yeah. kind of almost you have how's that We going? have and they barely sold. Got you. Barely anybody wanted them. Other they merch? had a Oh, we've got tons of merch. We got hoodies, we got three different t-shirts, we got patches and all you know dinosaur eggs that are signed and posters and trust me, I tried I tried my hardest to really make the band as profitable as possible. And it is hard as hell because we don't have any backing. You know, there's no like label or anything behind us. So, I mean, I don't really know what it was like in the days of like when you could sell records like in a store or like, you know what I'm saying? Or like CDs were like a thing where people wanted, it was, it's a physical, music was a physical thing. And, and that was your product that you were selling. Now it's like, there's not a good income generator in terms of like, you know, I'm selling CDs, you know, you, people listen on Spotify. It's like you get 0.0002 cents per listen. So it's like I was trying my hardest to at least sell merch and T-shirts and all Are that you, kind of stuff. Do you guys sell? What's your main way of generating revenue in the subway? The, the main way is one, you work off tips and two, selling CDs. We, we've sold t-shirts and stuff before in the subway, but it's just so much stuff to carry. You're already like, you're lugging so much stuff to the gig that one more thing is like, it's insane. Like it's, I mean, I don't even have the worst of it. You know, the drummer's got it bad. And so does my, my other bandmate. He, he's got an even bigger Pelican case than me that he's got to bring all this stuff. So most of the time, it's just CDs, CDs and tips. 
Okay. Yeah. And and do you ask for the tips? Do you have a sign or you just have the hat out there and people just leave it? In, I mean, yeah, we have a sign. It says uh, raising money for dinosaur cloning research. Nice. Because, you know, our name is You Bred Raptors. And you'd be surprised, man. People are re- like, they're like, so you guys are really raising money for dinosaur cloning? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, Pete, who's the other guy in the band, like he... It's kind of like his project. It's his baby. So he'll like talk to them and be like, oh, yeah, we're blah, blah. And to me, in my mind, I'm just like, I'm trying to get a sandwich. I'm playing Subway in 85 degree heat with the, with a classical instrument. I'm trying to get enough money for a Subway sandwich. Like, I'm not giving this. I'm not donating this. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. And so, so, so you guys don't do the like ask, you don't like verbalize and talk every five minutes, but it's just, you just got the sign and you play and you got the masks yeah. and, and, and if people want a CD, they see that they can put the money in and take the CD. Is that kind of that? Yeah, kind of it says, yeah, CDs 10 or two for 15. Gotcha. It's got the sign. I mean, I wish I was like those guys that were like, you know, the, uh, the dancers like, yo, showtime, showtime. And then they go around and they make everybody, I just don't, dude, I don't have that in me. Gotcha. I, I'm just not guy. <laughs> well, they I'm got just, an extra person though to do that too. Sometimes that's true. Right? They usually do. Yeah, they have someone else to go around with the bucket or whatever. It's a good scheme. I should pay some kid to do that. <laughs> well, now is it maybe you don't have to answer this? I mean, is there a well? First, well, how many hours do you play? Is it always set or does it depend? And then, like, are you comfortable talking about the range of type of money that someone in your situation might expect to make? Oh yeah, I mean. Uh, the amount of time that you're playing, you have three hour slots, but I can't play for three hours straight, man. Like that's, that's brutal. But we usually probably do about two hours straight, about two hours, which with no stops, like just by the end of it, I'm like an old man. I'm, I'm getting up ah, like my back is hurting. You know, I, I make a lot of noises anyway, but like, it's just, it's 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 a long time to play, especially if you're if you're sweating inside a mask or if it's cold out or whatever. Um, in terms of money, like, dude, it'll vary. Like it can be, you know, a bad night would be. But it's been more consistent lately, like in the in the hundreds, not per person. I'm talking there's three people in the band. There's you're maybe maybe walking the total made like one hundred sixty, something like that total. Whoa. Yeah. Or, you know, back in the better days, it used to be in like the $400 range. You know, I mean, that was a very good night. Or 300 definitely at least used to be 200s solidly. Now it's just gone down and down. And I don't know what the deal is, but like it's just it's not as lucrative as it used to be. I mean, and lucrative is a relative term, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, not, that's a- and here's the thing is. Many of the years that I was playing in the band, I was not personally taking any money. Most of the money went back directly into the band fund to pay for the tolls, to pay for the CDs, the shirts, all that stuff. I mean, so it's it's tough, man. It's not it's not an easy racket by any means, especially if you're if you're not just trying to like split up the thing money three ways and just like, you know, have a good time especially trying to build up a brand uh, and, you know, have money and so that you're not putting money into the band every time that you need CDs or shirts or anything. Mm. 
Well, it's, it's been, you've been doing it for six years. So what's the trajectory? Is there a strategy? Is there a plan? Is there a if this, then that? You know, I, we have this a new album coming out this year, and we're we're trying to push that as hard as we can. I, I don't I don't really know the trajectory. I mean, we've we've been getting bigger as the years have gone, but still, it's it's very tough. It's no no labels have like backed us or anything. So we've done tours that we've booked, and shout out to my bandmate Pete, who like he books the tours himself, which is like an insane prospect to do. But we've done these tours and again, talk about razor thin margins like, you know, that's it's touring when you're the ones fronting the money. Not not exactly a cost effective thing. Most of the time we're losing money. And Um, And so you're saying it's on you. These are door gigs and you get paid by ticket sales usually. Yeah, it's sometimes there's a guarantee, but it's low, man. It's real low. And I do mean, you guys, case, do you guys have ways to promote and get people out when you, I mean, you must put a lot of effort into trying to get people out or get on the radio yeah. or whatever. Or something. I try my best. What I do is I try to hit up, I write up a press release with a friend of mine who's like a music business guy. Um, he helps me with that. And then I go to, I just try to scan the internet for any publication of any like city we're going to any blog or anything get the email, try to send this press release out. And then, you know, you'll send out 30, 40 press releases or whatever. And you'll get maybe one response. Maybe like if you get one or two, that's like good. Like that's amazing. Do you you resend like after three days and resend a third time? (laughs) No, should I do that? I don't know. Yeah, you should. Well, in my humble opinion, you'll, you'll triple your conversion rates. I mean, you might get a 5%, you know, conversion rate on one email, but if you send the email and Five days later, and say with an and this is how you do it. You got to say, uh, "Hey, uh, John, you know, I, I just wanted to resend this email. I hope you're doing. I hope you're having a great day. Thanks so much. For <laughs> I thought you. I thought you might have missed it, and uh, you know, I really appreciate your consideration. Hey, and, John, get back to me, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, but no, but it's a thing. I mean, that's what that's that's like my rule is like. No, that's gonna, actually a good idea. You got to do the triple. You, and there's I'm actually thinking about. That. Yeah, there's there's actually programs out there now that'll sequence the whole thing for you and give you the metrics too. I just signed up for one called Mailshake. I got a deal through AppSumo to get it for like thirty nine dollar lifetime. I wish I had an affiliate code so I could you know give that to people and I could actually yeah. make something from all this. But you know the fifty people that might listen to this, but um, but the way it works, you're gonna like this. So anybody else should like this too. Um, you you put a sequence in there and uh, and it automatically will resend after five days if they don't get back to you or how many days you put and then we'll resend with whatever change in the sequence you make so it literally and if they get back to you then it won't resend it so i mean it's like it's just automating what we otherwise would have to like keep track of on our on our own and uh, that's not bad that's coming man there's a lot of these cold email things now the problem with that is that people the more people that start off. getting, the more people that get hip to it, it's just going to get more and more saturated. The email game yeah. is going to get more and more tricky, which means you just got to stay out front of it and PM people and text people and figure out a way to, you know, I don't know, project your message into the sky and some kind of horror, whatever that thing is. You yeah, know. man. I mean, that's that is the hardest part. Is 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 more than like you know writing the music and all that stuff is is getting people out to the show because at the end of the day, it's music business. It's like it's business like the companies, they don't want to talk to you unless you can draw, 
you know, a good amount of people to come spend money at their club. Like they, they're interested in money. You could be the greatest band in the world. And I've had people say, you know, like, you you guys are amazing. You know, I've heard that so many times. You guys are amazing. Like, just keep going, keep going. It's amazing. This stuff, it's going to hit, it's going to hit, you know, at the end of the day, you got to bring people out to the show. And it, it is what it is. Like that's the venue has to make its money. Like I get it. Like, so that's, that's the state where we're at. So it's, it's about, like you said, trying to figuring out those ways to get people out, to get people motivated, to get off their ass, stop watching Netflix and come out to a show. You know what I'm saying? Which, yeah, I do know what you're saying. And, and you know, my take on that is it's not, and I think I'm guessing that you'll be your take as well. Like, I think a lot of people are always complaining about people watching Netflix and like that thing about you need to support live music kind of rubs me the wrong way because I, I just don't feel like it should be somebody's responsibility oh, yeah. as a charity to come out and support my music. I That's feel like thing. I need to motivate them to come out. I need to be better than Netflix. I mean, do you what do you think about that? Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you, though. This past this past uh, gig that we had, it was a big gig for us because we we're trying to work with this booking agency and it was we were trying to get as many people out as possible. I, my strategy was guilt. Well, not that's fine. Lie. I mean, you could use it, but I'm yeah. just saying, you know, you don't have to believe it to use it. <laughs> no, no, I, I know what you're saying. But like, yeah, you should be trying to think like I. it's tough, man. It, it's I don't know. I mean, maybe I should take my shirt off on stage and, you know, you know, show people. I don't know. Maybe that's no one wants to see that. You know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's just you got to have a hook. You got to have a hook. Well, well, you got to motivate people. You got to be in people's minds. You got to you got to give them a reason. You got to compel them to do anything. And yeah. uh, um, I mean, if you were coming to town and I knew you were coming, I would I would want to check it out, you know, because I enjoy the music. But but I'd want to bring my wife, you know, I'd want to get a babysitter. Yeah. I want to make a night out of it, too, because I don't just have time to just, you know, go out and enjoy music all the time. So I'd, I don't know what that means, but uh, <laughs> I know well, what you're saying. It's yeah, tough. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with you using, you know, if we got to appeal to people however we can. But but what I'm saying is if we're just like, man, the world just doesn't support music and people just don't like it anymore and it just sucks. We walk around like victims. We don't get anything done. Well, you're writing a book. Yeah. You know, while I, everybody I else. Do, <laughs> there, you know? there is a certain element to that. And. I mean, I know my my bandmate. I'm not going to lay it on him, but because he does all the booking, he's the booking guy. Like, there's a certain element of that that you know, over the years, like I've I've heard it, you know, over and over. It's like you know, just no one cares, and and I'm kind of like, yeah, guess what, man? No one cares. Like, yeah. no one cares. Like, that's the world we live in. No one cares. We're guys that wear masks and play <laughs> odd instruments. You know, we're not. No one cares. No one. We're not sexy. You know, it's like. <laughs> That's just the way the world is. Like, right? So gotta just it. accept it. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Yeah. I'm, and again, like, I'm not, I'm not hating on him, but right. it's like, no, of course. Yeah. Well, we it's all, just, we all. I mean, of course. I mean, I, I complain too. Yeah. too. yeah. I mean, and yeah. but then I try to, I try to remember, like, well, complaining is not going to do anything. It's going to help me.
takes me to, I mean, the thing I wanted to ask about is because I think a lot of artists, this idea of what it is to be an artist and especially what it is to be a creative artist is that this idea of purity. And I feel that there's something misleading or that there's a trap about it that like, you know, if you're a pure artist, you only do the music that you love on your own terms and then the world is just going to accept it and reward (laughs) you. And that's it. And and so the way, but I mean, I haven't really looked at it that way. Like, like I'm like, if people pay me, like I'll stand in the middle of Times Square on my head in the snow naked and play devil went down to Georgia or insert your most least favorite piece of music. If somebody gives me $300 and, and I feel like that to me is part of what it is to be an artist because I'll do whatever it takes to, yeah. to fight another day. But I think a lot of people are like, man, I would never play devil went down to Georgia. I mean, you're a sellout. I mean, what do you, th- what do Dude, you think I- about that? As you get as you get older in this business and you've you've played more shitty and shitty gigs, you're just like, yeah, it's just like, yeah, I'll take the money. I don't care. I, I, it's, I, I was talking to my dad about this. I was like, dad, like what what's your number to play like the Trump? He's not a musician. He right. doesn't know anything. But like right, right, right. I'm like, what's your not number to play like the Trump inauguration? Just because like that's like an example of like something that I would. Like I'm opposed, like morally opposed to it. Like it, it's sure. sickening to me. Right. And my dad's like, yeah, a hundred grand. Like, that's good. I'm like, that's it, dad. Like a hundred grand. He's like, yeah, yeah, a hundred grand. That's good. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, damn, you, I thought I, he hates, he hates Donald Trump. He's got vitriol in his heart. I'm like a hundred grand. That's it. And, but yeah, dude, like. He can invest got, fifty. He, he can invest fifty into Bernie Hit Sanders camp, next yeah. campaign or whatever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just like you got to take the. I mean, it's not like the gigs are so plentiful that you can just be like, ah, nah, I'm not gonna do that. It's like at this stage in the game, you got to take. At least for me, it's like I feel like you have to take the stuff. If it's gonna pay money, you got to do it. Now, if it's if it's, I've had situations where it's like, say for the band, like for years. Again, like I didn't take practically any money for that because that was my project. Like right. I in- invested in that. A long term investment. Yeah. I believed I be- well, I still believe I believe in the music. You know what I'm saying? Like it was my project and an investment. As opposed to like you can't invest your time in everything for free. Like uh you can't play in a band that they're not gonna pay you and you're like, ah, this music's okay, like whatever. But yeah, you got to You got to take the gigs that you can get and and just do it. You know. So if somebody asks you to do a a, a classical wedding string quartet gig and a paid, oh, hell yeah, I'm taking that. That's the easiest money ever. Exactly. Yeah, thank you. And, hell and, yeah, I'm taking well, you, that. Well, you know, and and like while you're on that gig, like you can be practicing, right? You got your instrument in your hand, you're shedding. That's how I look at it. I'm like, what's a, what's so bad about doing this? Oh, dude, I love the I love a wedding gig, man. I play. <laughs> I'll I'll play freaking pachelbel's cannon for three hours i don't care if you're paying me well i'm gonna eat some shrimp hors d'oeuvres afterwards maybe they're gonna tip me i don't care i'm just trying to get i'm just trying to survive like i'll take some money thank you it's awesome yeah Yeah, dude there's no way man i don't know people who who would turn that i guess there's people that would turn that down but it's not easy being a musician man if you can get a job you know playing your instrument for that you know, that easy of a gig. It's like, how many times have you played wedding music? We've all played it a million times. It's easy. You go there, you collect your money, and you go home. Yeah. It's the best gig ever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, man. I sound and, cynical. No, it's – no, I, I not to me. And, and But what I love about 
you and why I think you're a powerful model is that you are making creative music. You're pushing your creative vision forward and and you'll do whatever it takes to do that. And I think that that's an artist. I think that's beautiful. I think it's wonderful. I mean, we do have to make sometimes compromises for the things that we love or the things we believe in in our life. And and so there, now there are some artists that are heroes of mine. I mean, you know, that I really respect and they they don't compromise for anything for their art. And sometimes they yeah. have to compromise other areas of their life. Like maybe they don't have a bathroom in their apartment yeah. or maybe they can't hold down a relationship. You yeah, know what I mean? But you're we like to- a bad father or something like, you know, like, exactly. like big things like that, you know? Like you have to have some sort of balance. I understand what you're saying. I I'm not like that, man, dude. I love sleeping. You know, it's like I want a bed that's comfortable. You know, I want some food. I need a sandwich. I'm hungry. I'm angry when I'm not when I'm hungry. You know, I'm a diva. You know, <laughs> that's uh, great, man. Do you, what do you do? Do you have a day job or or are you mostly? Is it uh, are you doing any teaching? I'm curious. What else? Yeah. What else? Do you I do? mean, I teach students. I teach cello and I go around teaching teach privately um i had you know i've had day jobs in the past uh i would tutor math man was i just bsing my way through that (laughs) (laughs) i mean i used to be good at math but i would just be like ah this is a tough question let's go on the internet for some examples you know you gotta do what you gotta do you know i would temp you know those kinds of things uh i've kept my expenses low man i live my mom's attic i'm married and I live in my mom's attic. You know, I love my parents and they're very supportive. You know, it's it is what it is. Like I, I'm I'm lucky enough that I can do that. I live close enough to New York City and I can do that. So it's like I try to keep my expenses really low so that I can do what I love to do because I've had other jobs and I suck at everything. <laughs> like I'm not good. <laughs> I just have, have no passion for anything else, man. I, you know, like and it shows like it shows right on my face like man this like i'm not going to be able to serve you french fries or whatever it's like it just this guy hates this like it's the only thing i'm good at man i got to make this work somehow are, you know what, so, what are the ages yeah. of your students oh like anywhere from i've had 5 to 60 something you know and you travel you oh. travel you travel to people's houses and i know you do skype but do you also travel to places to teach. Yeah, I go to I go to their houses and uh I mean they can come to me too if they want, but it's around North Jersey. But yeah, I've I've been trying to implement Skype too just cuz there's a chance I will go to Vietnam cuz my wife is Vietnamese, she has to go back to Vietnam to teach a course. And I was like, you know, what if I just had students in like on Skype and you know, I live in a place with really low expenses and I just teach via Skype, you know? That's kind of the dream. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Vietnam sounds like as good a place as any. Yeah, man, that's that's hip, man. Um, is there anything else you like to tell us about or, or tell the listeners about? I mean, I just well, actually, I want to ask you one more question about about yeah. teaching. Do you teach mostly classical cello, or do you try to slip in some oh, of I, the creative yeah. stuff? Absolutely, I always like. I mean, definitely when I'm starting out, kids, it's just technique and like you know using like a Suzuki book and the String Builder book, but as soon as I can, I like to try to at least, you know, Im- idea, give them the idea of like improvisation. Like, you know, I'm going to play a drone note and you're going to stay inside this key and you can play the notes inside this key and whatever, you know, like just let's try that. 
just the just the seedling of that because I never really had that growing up like with my not not never but like it, it wasn't like a ready available option so I like to do that I like to you know expose them to trying to read you know like charts you know playing a baseline through a chart just trying to make it as simple because you know these kids most of the time they don't have a music theory background which I think is like super important you need that music theory background if you really want to compose and and you know play lead sheets and jazz and all that kind of stuff but like I try to make it as simple as possible and you know I just I don't know I just think it's it's a key element to trying to broaden their horizons to at least even if they don't most of my students are not going to grow up to become musicians but at least it'll broaden their idea of like you know i I can branch out i can think a little bit differently about how i do this it's not so by the book you know and maybe it helps them in some area other area of their life what would you advise to classical teachers you know for them to do if they wanted to start you know uh teaching outside of you know the traditional boxes and or maybe players classical players what you know what kind of things would you advise for them to do oh man there's a lot of stuff i mean like i was saying (laughs) or maybe just one or two things (laughs) yeah i mean like playing with a drone I, i think is a valuable thing because it gets you the idea of just playing inside a key and most of the time like if you're not interested in playing jazz or whatever like most of the time you're going to play a song, it's going to be inside one key. You just got to know the notes inside that key. It's just different chords inside that one key. So like it might be four chords, but they're all, it's all G major, you know, essentially. So getting used to playing, just improvising, you know, with a drone. And then maybe once you feel comfortable playing notes inside the key, throw on like a beat, go on YouTube and like, Type in drum beat, like, uh, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever drum beat there is. Throw the drum beat on and you play the drone. And now you try to give a little rhythm to like to what you're doing and somehow add a little rhythmic element. So you have the sense of time, you know, and then slowly through that, like you can start to build off that. But that's just like really simple, basic building blocks that you could use to like kind of at least explore, you know, that. Yeah. Love yeah. That. Anything yeah. else uh, people should be looking out for, or anything else you feel like talking about, or, or sending people? We've covered uh, just you know just a review. I mean, we talked about your. Oh, I know. I wanted to ask your permission, <laughs> yeah. or or your forgiveness, I should say, because <laughs> today on the uh, I've got a Facebook group which is called a Music Biz Mastermind, and it's a course that I do with with musicians where I just help them get their business together, and uh, people can find that on the, on my website, but, um, in fact, probably on the right sidebar of the blog for, for, I'm going to have the show notes for this page, uh, where we're going to link to a bunch of your stuff as well. Just go to christianhouse.com and go to the blog there. But on the, on the music business mastermind today, <laughs> I copied and pasted your email to me from yesterday. I hope you're not going to be mad at me for doing that. That's I, cool, man. I used it as an example. I said, guys, this is the best pitch letter, you, you know, one in 10 people, write such a good pitch letter. Like this guy really cares about what he's doing. Look at everything he did. I mean, and it's really, it's great to meet you because your pitch letter was, you know, exactly who I am. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because it's such a, uh, one eighty from how you present yourself. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, it's like very eloquent, 
I very know. organized, not a single note missed or not a single <laughs> um, word misspelled yeah. or miss, you know, the formatting is perfect. I couldn't even tell maybe if it was a template or if it was, was it, was there a template, but you just tailored it a lot or do you have templates or did you just write it free form? Nah, I, mean, you I, could just, be honest. I just, I just wrote that free form. Yeah. Um, well, you're a great writer. You're, I mean, you're obviously I, I brilliant. A, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I do pride myself. I, I was a good writer. I, I I'm good at that. And then I went to art school and you see what, you see what the product of people from 12 years of art school, they, some of them can't write. Let's just keep it real. <laughs> Sorry, I got, I lost my train of thought, but, but I, but I wanted to, I wanted to mention that because I mean, you put so much care into all the things that make your art happen. To me, it is incredibly creative. And the fact that the business is tied with the art and that you're open to so many types of artistic expression and sort of being creative in the business, but using the business to also fuel your creativity. I'm just, I was immediately won over to you. I'm a huge fan now of yours. Oh, thank and you, I, I really have no doubt that you are going to make it. I know you said people tell you it's great. Keep doing what you're doing. But <laughs> if my opinion means anything, you know, I, I do think you're going to make it, man. I, I think you're going to get everything you want and more. And I'm so excited to share, you know, a little bit of you and your music and everything you're doing with people. Folks, check out brianwilsoncello.com. And look for Cello Chords, the book. Look for the new solo album, uh, which you've been hearing hopefully a lot of excerpts during this episode. Um, and we've got it all linked up. Can you? And uh, yeah, you'll be able to find the new album by the time this episode comes out. It'll probably be right around the release, which I believe is going to be what early March or mid March. Yeah, March seventh is yeah. the release. So that might be in the past by the time this goes live. But uh, anything else people should do to find you, Brian? Uh, no, nah, I mean, if you type in Brian Wilson cello, Brian Charles Wilson cello, you'll you'll find me. Um, yeah, the album is called Oso Perezoso, which means it literally translates to lazy bear, which is <laughs> but that's what they call sloths in Spanish. I, I went down to Colombia to visit a friend this past year and I went to the zoo with him and his his girlfriend and I just passed upon this and like. I just found out that sloths were called Oso Perezoso. And I was like, yo, that's me. Like, I am a lazy, but like, I mean, cause it sounds like I do a lot, but honestly, I just like to sleep. Like, I just want to, I'm a hairy guy. I just want to get in bed, just sleep. If I could play cello laying down all the time, that's what I would be doing. Killer. So that's, that's my word of advice to, to kids out there. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Hey, thank you so much, Brian. It's, it's, it's really awesome to connect, man. I hope we can do more. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having me on. And thanks for, for really doing a great job with spreading the word about creative string playing. My man. How about that? Just when you thought you'd heard it all, 
these types of episodes keep me inspired to want to do much more of this. I've got a lot of really exciting guests that I'm going to bring on soon. I want to encourage you to reach out to me. You can go to the comments on the show notes page by simply going to christianhouse.com. Click on the blog and you'll be able to find the show notes for this podcast with Brian Wilson. Leave a comment. Let us know what you thought. Maybe make a suggestion to me in terms of subjects you'd like me to cover, guests you'd like me to bring on. And please do share this episode and make sure you're subscribed to the Creative Strings Podcast on Stitcher and or on iTunes. Once more, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors. We could not do this. Definitely, we could not do this as well as we try to do it without their support. And they are Electric Violin Shop. Remember, if you go to electricviolinshop.com forward slash creative strings, you can get a special discount. And you can also find their phone number and give them a call and ask them any question you have. I also want to thank our sponsors at Yamaha. They have been indispensable to me and tons and tons of a growing cadre of string players who rely on Yamaha. So, so much thanks to our sponsors and thanks to you for listening, for sharing, for liking, and for sending in your feedback. We will see you next time.